Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me for this special signing day edition of the podcast. Is it special? It is very special, Colin. Oh, okay. Why would it not be special? It's the first signing day of the new regime at North Texas. Eric Morris. Eric Morris. Let's let's. This is how you set the stage. Eric Morris put together a Power Rangers esque staff of Texas high school football coaches and (laughs) personnel people, and they just got straight to work. They did. They just got straight to work. Uh, a lot to talk about. We'll talk about a lot, a lot of this. Obviously, we don't, um, not to preface anything, but you know, we're not where we were three years ago, where we are covering the recruiting scene at North Texas on a day in, day out basis. It's not our job. Okay. However, however, we have not only kept up with it, Reed Smith and uh, JD, all those people, they do great jobs following the recruiting trail. So check them out. But I think there's a lot of really interesting conversations to be had about the staff, the, the class, where it puts North Texas, going into the American, so on and so forth here. Um, and I think uh, the first place I want to start, if, you, if you'll let me start this of off. Course. Here, of course, Bernie. Is even though the class it ranks, and I'm using on three for everything yet. Oh, Maya's already squeaking her toy. Maya, come here. Jesus, not now. We take this away for now. Years, years of training, still no discipline. She came to me and she dropped the toy, didn't she? She just wants to play. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Regardless, even though, and we're using on three as we're using yeah, another toy. That's the last one. Is that is that the last one? Those are our two favorites. Yeah, I see her in the corner. Yeah, but she has one that doesn't squeak now. Okay. Yeah. Take some control of your household. <laughs> All right. Sorry. As Sorry for saying, interrupting your opening monologue. It's okay. Even though this is a class that ranks 13th, and we're using the on three um, consensus rank- rankings for these, ranks last in the American. I believe it's last, 13th. Yep. Um, last in the American. Okay. 13 commits. If you look at this class, I think where I want to start is they got some dudes. Like, just flat out some dudes. And you can go name by name, player by player. And there is some discrepancy when you get down to rivals, ESPN, and so forth. No disrespect to them. They do really good work as well. I'm going to focus on on three and 24-7. Okay? That's the ones I'm familiar with. Those are the ones I, I trust first and foremost. Mm. Javen Anderson, linebacker out of North Shore. Let's just list these off. 88 from on three, 86 from 24-7. That is a high-level player for North yeah. Texas. That is a high-level player for North Texas, all right? So we're talking about 87 on the consensus there. Okay, we'll skip over Marcus Moore. He's a, a junior college transfer. Still 88 from the on three, 84 from 24-7. Uh, really good pickup there on the defensive line. Taylor Starling, the big pickup out of South Oak Cliff, all right? 87 from on three, 88 from 24-7. And we're talking about a top 60. Uh, he's listed as an athlete. Uh, by on three, I think 24-7 has him as defensive back. But regardless, we're talking about an 87-88 rated player. Okay, Landon Sides uh, from Denton Geyer, 88 <clears> on <throat> three, 85 from 24-7. Keith Smith, another South Oak Cliff player, 83 from on three, 86 from 24-7. Like, 
Go down the list. Isaac Son, 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 for out of Alito. Again, we're talking big schools here, right? This is what we talked about when they put the staff together. They got high school coaches from the state that know where to get. I've already mentioned North Shore guy, South Oak Cliff players, and Alito, and Denton Geyer. That's four of the biggest high yeah. schools in the state. Um, Isaac Son, 85 from on three, 83 from 24-7. Uh, Colin Lewis, 84 from on three, out of Gladewater. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the list. Uh, you go down. Dietrich Moore, 84 from 24-7, not ready by um, on three out of Broken Arrow, uh, that Broken Arrow uh, Oklahoma, which puts out a lot of good players as well. Uh, and then Jabari Kukindle, if I pr- mispronounced that, but 84 on on three, 83 on 24-7 as a running back out of uh, west side i mean as far as top end classes go latrell's staff did not have many that were better than that like there was the caleb johnson class i think that was like 2020 or 2019 whatever it was yeah there were some that were very very high but like if we're just taking the top five that's about as good as latrell did and that's with a staff that he threw together that had two months to recruit yep like I can't ask for anything more. Here's the thing that impresses me the most. On three has a nice little tour. It tells you the average distance where all these recruits are from. Uh, 132 miles is the average yeah. distance. Latrell, the last, uh, I guess, last we'll go last four years. Last year, 225 was the average year. 2021, the average uh, distance was 216. And then you go to 2020, which is the year you were talking about was the good year. And that was 402 miles. So we already have that that. Can you stop my? We already have that. Uh, she found another toy. She did. She dug in her toy box. Uh, they already have a. We already see the fa- that that one issue that we had where they weren't cr- recruiting local that much. So, like you said, all big schools in Texas, top schools in Texas, and we're seeing that instantly within those two months. So we instantly know already know. Okay, this isn't going to be an issue for them going forward. Yeah. Um. Shout out Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's put together a nice story on uh, the class and what North Texas was able to do in a short time span i mean he goes through the the coaches that he's that they hired obviously chris gilbert from lancaster and then from was at texas as the um uh director of high school relations uh you know there's just a bunch of a bunch of coaches here that have experience as coaches at the high school ranks and obviously like latrell staff had that in pieces but you bring in luke walarius from the university of kentucky you know, Latrell was never a Texas body um, per se uh, until he got here, you know, Oklahoma to becoming the offensive coordinators at Indiana, North Carolina, go down the list. Um, this is a staff that feels very Texas and it's starting to, you know, it showed in this first class. Uh, you mentioned the average distance. I mentioned the schools. Uh, if, and another thing is, this, like I said, this was kind of a thrown together type of class, right? Not only because it was so quick of a turnaround from when you're hired to when you have to sign these players, but it's a quick turnaround because, or it's a disadvantageous situation, if that's the right phrase. Sure. Because in this today's day and age, the early signing period is where 80 plus percent of players sign. Yeah. Nowadays. Like it is outrageous how much it has flipped to where the december signing period is the main signing period so they had a late start they threw together the staff and i'm not gonna say throw it together because it's a great it's a really good staff that morris obviously wanted but they 
threw it all together. The the cupboard was already pretty bare when you look at it, like from the outside looking in, because LSU signed all 25 of its players in December. I mean, yeah. North Texas with Latrell, remember? They would sign their players in December. That's true. So they go into February, January and February, and be like, all right, 80% of the players are gone, and they're still able to have a top-heavy class like this that can, in my opinion, if you just take the top five or six, compete in the American. Like, that's 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 what we wanted. That's exactly what this staff had to do, and they, that's what they executed. And a lot of this podcast, I'm going to compare it to LSU because that's where I've been the last two years. This it's is crazy. exactly it's been two what, years. What was that? I said it's crazy it's been two years. Right, it is. <laughs> um, but this is exactly what Brian Kelly and them did when they got hired over here, they um, signed 15 high school players. Uh, North Texas signed 13 and it was a very top heavy class where North, uh, LSU signed, you know, Harold Perkins, Will Campbell, Emer- like high, you know, relative to North Texas standards. Like it was the same thing. And so that's where I'm at. Like this, I've seen this done before at LSU. Yeah. And this is exactly how it should go. Here's a here's an interesting thing too. Um, shout out Zach Babb of uh, I forgot is it uh, what do they call the weight radio station? KNTU still? I believe so. I, we'll call I, it KNTU. Anyways, he had a, he had a good stat. North Texas picked up four Power Five transfers in 2022-2023, and in the previous four years combined since the transfer became a thing, the Mean Green had only had eleven Power Five transfers. So you you get four this year, and they've had eleven total in the last four years. And then adding to that, North Texas has signed twenty four FBS transfers. Um, in the last five years of transfer portal, eight of them are part of Eric Morse's first recruiting class. Yeah, so I th- that's also another impressive thing to me is that you're not, you're getting the 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 high school recruits in Texas. We already talked about the distance. We already talked about the high rated at the end of the uh, recruiting window, but you also are getting good transfers as well. Yeah, the let's let's start talking about the transfers now because I think we've spent a good amount of time, and uh, some of these players will be rated. Um, by more outlets as we go, as we continue. I think a guy like Evan Jackson out of Houston North Shore, another powerhouse program. I mean, even like Desmond McGee, Magaya out of McKinney, like McKinney's a high-level program. Like you go down Shadow Creek, Brian Nelson, cornerback, high-level program. So that that's just something that we didn't really see a ton of. I can't tell you, like seriously, if you put those top – those 10 programs that I named, or the eight programs, however many programs I just named, I can't remember how many programs North Texas had over the past five years, five classes that could compare to that. Like, I don't remember a single, maybe I'm forgetting someone. Quillon Farrar last year um, was high level. I think he was out of South Oak Cliff, but like for the most part, it was not high level program. Right. And so right. that's, that's, that, it's an interesting turn that we'll see how it goes. But moving to the transfers now, you mentioned it high-level transfers out of high-major programs. Chandler Rogers, obviously an exception to that out of ULM. We've done a podcast on him. We're, we're very high on him. We think he'd be very good. Um, Trey Cleveland out of Texas Tech had 22 receptions at Texas Tech last year, uh, six foot three out of Arlington. So, again, you're bringing players back home. Um, I won't go down the list, but Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Georgia Tech, Arkansas State, Baylor, ULM um, as the transfers. If I'm – don't think I'm missing anybody. I have six transfers. Yes. I believe that's that's what it is. So um and Noah uh Rauschenberg is for out of Baylor is a kicker. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But 
still, you're talking about uh, three offensive linemen, uh, three offensive linemen, a receiver, and a quarterback, all of which I believe played at their last stops, and all of whom could be competing for starting jobs immediately. So that's yep. that's the other thing. If I compare it to LSU and Brian Kelly's first year, Brian Kelly, you know, like I said, didn't bring in a ton of commits out of high school, but out of the transfer portal brought in Jaden Daniels at quarterback, you know, a bunch of defensive players. And that's what's going to kind of decide the success of this class, in my opinion, is how these transfers kind of work out. Because it's all great having – the freshman here, but for year one specifically, the transfers will decide the upside of this team. And obviously, you have quality returners, Oscar Attaway. Um, you know, go down the list of of play offensive linemen. Uh, you know, they'll they'll be fine at. But still, the transfers are kind of kind of set the ceiling for this team, and especially with the tr- Chandler Morris, Trey Cleveland, and the three offensive linemen that they got. So that's that's another way I, where I compare it to what LSU did is that LSU was able to get Jan Daniels. They got a whole secondary, you know, that all played very well together. That went right. And if that didn't go right, LSU would not have been good uh, last year. North Texas, if those transfers work out, I think they'll be in a good spot. Uh, what's interesting, and you can probably answer this uh, more than me, is the – so North Texas has an average rating of 18, 82.19, which is – last apparently but uh like above them like navy has an average rating of 80 is that just because they have more recruits where are you looking at i'm looking the, at the the conference ratings let's pull it up let's pull it up because I like if you go by rating alone north texas is 10th but i don't know how they oh, rate the, oh average the rating yes average yeah. rating is just the rating of the players gotcha um, and then the score yes, is because navy has 28 commits their score is is higher it's obviously not much higher because they only didn't get a bunch of right. uh, quality guys it's a it's a for those who don't know uh it's the same way at 24 7 where it is a weighted i don't remember what the word is i didn't take stat or i took one semester of stats in college and junior college I, it was it was not a very educational um <laughs> uh, two weighted average let's just say let's just say no it, it's not that but it is a type of um well, I think it's pretty obvious. I can explain it. It's it's basically the higher rated players matter more. So there you go. So like if you get a four star player, he is weighted more than three star and two star players, and so on and so forth. But obviously, if you get enough two star players, then it will matter. So that's kind of where Navy's ahead of them. Um, that's where Tulsa's ahead of them. And don't forget, North Texas. Like I said, they have thirteen commits, but only eight of them have ratings right now, I believe. So yeah, I think that's where I uh, saw Gabe Brooks kind of tweet about it, and I talked, you know, I texted him about it. They're all everybody's doing their best to get these mid-major guys rated, these G five guys rated. That's the hardest part for them because for so long, twenty four seven on three, all these places have been focused on the top. You know, all their four stars and five stars and high three star guys that everybody kind of knows. Yeah. That now North Texas picks up some guys late in the process. It's like, okay, now we have to actually do some homework on them and figure it out. So um, that that's going to be a whole process. We'll see. I don't think they end up last uh, because if there's five players unrated, let's just say four of them are three stars. Like that's that in itself is going to bump them ahead of like Navy and Tulsa and probably Charlotte. So they'll probably end up like 10th. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's what I was asking. Yeah, so they'll probably end up around 10th. Uh, the average rating, like you said, is very solid, 
Um, I think I was looking at it, and isn't that around where they've ended up the past couple years? Um, um I I didn't look. Let me yeah, see. I'll find it. I'll find. I'll find it. Um, if I even know where it is on here. Last year they were eighty-one. Oh, the year I'll before they see, were. See, the class score is not the same as the average rating. Do you see an average? Oh, rating? you want the average rating? Yeah, yeah average rating. Last year was eighty-one. And then the year before oh. that, it was 80, 81.6. And then 2020, it was 81.6. So it hasn't been 82 yet, according to the average rating on here. Okay. But, yeah, so anyways, again, upside there. Um, do you feel good about this class and this staff now? Do you feel like a little bit of comfort? Well, I, think, I feel like the, the big thing – the, the two big things that we were worried about outside of the coaching aspect was developing players. I, I guess you can cut that in coaching, but, you know, recruiting and developing in my eyes go hand in hand. So developing players, one, and then getting, you know, guys in the schools that are around you, Denton Geyer, you brought up other random schools, McKinney, you got South Oak Cliff. So you got, you got all those, yeah. all those teams. And we, we never really saw it. We saw it like Oscar Adaways from uh, uh, right. Arkansas. Yeah. So like, that's just an example, right? So it's, it's really refreshing to see you instantly get, guys that are highly rated you have one of the best classes that even in seth Luttrell's time this year and you you had to do it all last minute so it's in my eyes you can only go up from here and then not only that the i think the aac also helps recruiting in the future just because obviously you're not recruiting for conference usa so i mean we see we see that right now with um uh with utsa they're top of the AAC right now in terms of recruiting rating so uh, and their they their average rating is eighty five and their score is 80, 86 if you round up point five points. So that yeah. I mean that that's the the that's what you're looking for next year, right? Like that's the potential, yeah. right? You're, you mean they're beating out Memphis, SMU, Tulane, and we talked about those are three teams last year. I mean North Texas obviously lost to Memphis and SMU, but those are three teams automatically that you're like, okay, they were good last year, and you're getting the same caliber guys or expecting to get the same caliber guys moving forward. So I'm I'm really excited about this class. It's not like they're quote unquote last with you know guys that aren't 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 good it's just because they don't have as many so yeah um yeah definitely for everybody who would say like well they're they're last they're they're not last they're just they're not if they if they had a full 20 let's even let's just say if they had 22 commits and they had an 82.2 average rating yeah they would be somewhere between five and six i'd probably say sixth in the conference right now um yeah i so that i again we'll see how it goes moving forward because utsa has kind of changed the standard now they've right. kind of they've kind of taken that over where like a uab was the past couple years or like a la tech you know was and la tech's recruiting well as well but they're not in the conference anymore so the standard has changed and we fully acknowledge that right that's part of the reason why we wanted to move on from south latrell is because getting going six and six going five and seven is not acceptable anymore when you were in right. conference USA. now six and six in the american year one would be a complete win for eric morris and the staff oh yeah because of what you said you have utsa memphis smu tulane in in your conference um and then you also still have fau uab there as well so it's like it is going to be a step up we know it's going to take some time I think this class is perfectly indicative of how it is going to take time. Um, and we'll see. Obviously, year one is a long ways away still. We'll see if they add more transfers. I wouldn't be surprised if they added more transfers at all. 
um, for players, especially coming out of the spring. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of. There's a second transfer portal window in May. I believe it's May first to fifteenth. It's fifteen days. Um, that's going to be mostly players that realize they're not getting playing time at the places they're at and dropping down. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to be because obviously if you go into the spring and you're getting playing time, you're not leaving. Like you would have left already. Um, so they go through spring, they realize they're not playing, they might drop down. And so that'll be the interesting thing is in the second transfer portal window, if North Texas can get more players, um, that way will be interesting. Um, just because you asked me the question, I mean, what do you think in terms of how is how has Eric started so far? I mean, you've given your, the overview of like why you yeah, think it's good, think but this... like in your personal opinion, as a fan we'll say, yeah, what do you think? I, I think it was such a tough position that I had really low expectations going in, and I think they've surpassed that. Like, yep. obviously, it's on on paper. You can tell me, hey, we've got, you know, this coach that has ties in Texas, this coach that was director of high school relations at Texas, like this guy that was a head coach for X amount of years. Like, you can tell me all of that. But at the end of the day, recruiting is – it is relations, but at the end of the day, it's about closing on those relationships. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's good to see that they are were actually able to close on those. Where they were able to get high-level players, and they were able to, um, in a lot of ways, they were able to build for the future with this class, even though it is a small class. And yeah. that's not easy to do. I think they're going to be fine this coming season because I think we talked about, like, Transfer wise, not a lot of players left. Like Deshaun Gaddy left. Uh, you have some natural attrition with like Katie Davis and guys leaving, but like you're you're in a really good spot going into year one. Yeah, in and terms of, sorry. Even though you weren't able to get a full class for the future, I think this sets a foundation to where you can recruit in Texas moving forward. Yeah, I mean you lose uh Deshaun Gaddy, obviously you said Jake Roberts went to Baylor, you lose Bryce Drummond and yeah. uh Honestly, even know I don't even know who Latrell Neville is. So he was a yeah he was a receiver. Last yeah, year. so you lose those guys, but you bring in guys that replace them, and then you still have the transfers, and you still have like you lose Deshaun Gaddy, but you still got uh, Ridge Tejada. You got guys yeah. like that. So I, I'm like you said, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed because I didn't think that we were gonna see. I thought it was gonna be a situation where he was gonna have to grab whatever he could get. Like yes. it it wasn't gonna be a Texas thing. It was gonna be like, all right, where can I get a guy? Is it Arkansas? Is it Florida? Is it California? And instantly, everyone's just Texas. Ninety-two percent from Texas, yeah. and that's 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 great to me. Yeah. So that'll be the interesting thing. Now, the second question, which we will not know the answer for until probably until the fall, is: Can any of these guys contribute immediately? That would change the complexion of this team because we already yeah. know the returners. We know we know the guys that are bad. We know Varkey's Gums. We know Rich Tejada. We know those guys. But can any of these guys, even like Marcus Moore, who is, like I said, it's a junior college transfer, can he step in on the defensive line with Rod Brown and play at a high level? Like, can these guys actually contribute? That would change the ceiling of this team significantly. So yep. um, that's what I'm excited for. Because like I said, at LSU, that was the difference was like those transfers could step in and play. The freshman Harold Perkins could step in and play. I'm not saying any, these guys have to be that level, but – that would change things going into year one in the American because you're going up against teams in the American that have been doing this for years. And you're going like FAU years of good recruiting, 
UAB years of good recruiting. Um, North Texas has that had that foundation, I think. But last year it was a junior college year for Latrell and then where they were just trying to get good yeah. quick in a way. Um, and we've talked before about how the lack of development had hurt them in spots. So, yeah, I, I, I feel good. I feel good going into the American year one win or, win or lose. I think this was a really this was a win right here for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't say anything else. I will say also, I mean, I think we should expect more of the um, high school signings to play more just because you are moving up, you are getting better guys and yeah. you, you know, obviously they're going to need to take some time, but I think we will see, you know, cause we saw it in the last couple of years, Upton Stout, for example, was, was mm-hmm. one that was really big. So yeah, I think, Rod, I think Brown. We'll, Rod Brown, I think we're going to see something like that, you know, just because you are getting guys that are just higher, more higher rated. So, yes. It'll be real interesting. UTSA has come to play. That, that I think that's the most surprising thing in my eyes. The fact that they came into this conference, SMU has their foundation set. Memphis has their foundation set. Tulane has their thing. And they're just like, yep, we're here. Like we've talked about a couple podcasts ago. No facilities. Play out of the Alamo Dome. Yep. But, hey, it shows winning. Winning is the only thing that matters. Yep. When it, when winning in a head day. coach. And yeah. when you have a head coach like Jeff Trailer that is in control, it seems it is uh, – very tough. I mean, we've talked about it before, but if UTSA, like, think about it. Not only is UTSA, like, you know, the facility, money-wise, facility-wise, is not quite at the caliber of everybody else here. Think about the locations that the that these other teams in the American are in. Memphis, like, okay, Memphis, very good recruiting. That SMU, Dallas, we talked about it. Tulane, New Orleans, Louisiana talent. Temple, uh, Philadelphia talent uh enough talent in the northeast i should say usf i mean south florida obviously yeah. florida atlantic south florida like okay um the carolinas east carolina is pretty good uh uab alabama you know they all cover louisiana alabama so on and so forth like that's what you're competing with and that's why north texas has to lock down their region like you just have to yeah at the end of the day um, and you're directly competing with smu at the end of the day and you're competing with tulsa Let's not and Tulsa. I, yeah, I forget Tulsa. Let's not forget Tulsa here. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the uh interesting. You're competing with UTSA, SMU, Tulsa, pretty much. Are now your your regional rivalries. There's no um you know who's not ranked in here? I was wondering why there's only 13. Rice isn't in here. Oh, what the heck? I just realized that. I was like, I was like, why? I know there's 14 in the conference. I, I don't know. Let's look up Rice's right uh, class. I don't know. 23 class. Maybe they didn't sign anybody. I love how you type in Rice 2023 class. If you type in any other school, 2023 class, it comes up, you know, the football commits. You type in Rice 2023 class and it's the course catalog and the academic <laughs> spring calendar. Like, this is why Rice will never be good. Outrageous. I mean, they have they have some commits. Yeah, no, I mean I'm on twenty four seven right now. Yeah. Uh they're ranked eighty seventh in, in the uh in the country on there. That's kinda crazy. Shit. <laughs> Rice is recruiting. Right. Rice is Help. Yo, did they did they renovate that stadium? Did they walk Help. into that thing yet? Well they got the bubble now. Remember the bubble of oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, indoor? Yeah, yeah. They got the bubble now. Okay, hold on. Rice is recruiting. I'm scared. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, you you name off the top the top ones. You got a. Uh, I don't know how to set to where they're not transfers. I don't know if it shows transfers, but you got 85, 85, 85, 85. Just yeah. off rip, just straight down. 
I want to see. Oh, here's Rice's on 103. I didn't see it on here. Yeah, bro. Rice is. See, okay. I don't know why on three still has Rice in Conference USA when they have everybody else in the American. But uh, regardless, hold on. 82.23 is their class score. That would rank. Yeah, 10th. At C. Hold on. Rice might be recruiting here. 90th in the country. Like, this is. And the last point I think I made because I don't want to ramble, but. Like, North Texas was getting, like, first in the conference, Conference USA, or second in Conference USA, and they were getting, like, 80th in the country. Remember, like, 75th or 80th in the country. Yeah. And we were like, damn, that's really, really good. I just said Rice is 90th in the country and would have finished 10th. Yeah. 10th. I mean, well, they are finishing 10th. Just on three hasn't moved them over yet for some reason. I'll call my people. I'll see what we can do about that. Get Rice, Get Rice over there. But, like – um let's go to i mean hell i know utsa is the highest rated g5 team in the country so they're 53rd <laughs> like smu let's see where did, where did smu finish 69th like usf 78 yeah so again if you finish 75th you're gonna finish middle of the pack in the american the standard has changed Yeah, no, it really has it really it really really has and i was i was looking gonna look at last year's class to see what it was uh what they rated last year overall for which team? Uh, North Texas was 120th last year. Yeah, that's what I said. They didn't recruit freshmen. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me go 2021. That's my fault. So yeah, they were second in Conference USA that year. They were 81st in that's the country. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that, yeah. that, that is actually crazy. So, yeah, you you instantly take the step above. I mean, you have to. Yeah. So that it, it's, it's funny because now we're going to look at this and be like, all right, they got an 85-rated player. I remember when they got like – Barky's gums and he was an 85 86 and we're like ah damn Woo. yeah he was a, he was a wow 86 yeah so it's like that's just gonna be the standard from now on and it's it's crazy to say because that seemed really 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 high two years ago and now it's just gonna be like hey you've got you got to get like 10 guys 86 plus yeah 85 plus if you want to compete here so yeah, we'll see how it goes moving forward. But um, obviously, this the 2023 class is not what we're going to judge them on. And this is not what's going to build their their uh, foundation. Uh, this isn't what's going to make or break this staff. The 2024 and 2025 classes will make or break this staff. Right. And that's where, we, that's where we have patience. That's why it's great going into a new conference with a new coach and everything is first season. We can kind of just get a lay of the land, you know. Yep. Be like, we can just right, have man. fun. Yeah, they were just, they were just having fun out here, you know. Learn everything, get the coaches going, get the recruit recruits going. Um, you get the lay of land, you realize how good you need to recruit, and you kind of go from there. So next year, if they if they're outside of the top ten in the conference again, then we have concerns. Then we say, all right, this is not good enough. But next year, I think they will probably finish. I don't know, somewhere in the five six range. Yeah. And that would be really, really good. So we'll see. that's my expectations. All right. There you have it. 30 minutes on signing day. Um, I think we got everything done that I wanted to. Yeah. This was good. Fun conversation. We're back for the first time in what? Nine, 10 days. Something like that. Uh, Rice loss. Yeah. 10 days. We missed three basketball games. I know that much. I told people on Twitter. I said, we'll be back after they beat Rice. On yeah, they, were like, they were like, why don't you guys have a podcast after a win? <laughs> well, I need to see. 
Wins, more because, wins. Because the UTSA game does not count as a win. I'm sorry. It's true. That, that's not a win. You want us to get on a podcast after that? Yep, UTSA. Uh, they they didn't play good. Beat UTSA by four and dropped ten spots in Ken Palm. <laughs> you want us to talk about that? No. Yeah, we, we would have got on here and not been positive, and they would have been, like, been <laughs> We would have been way worse. <laughs> it would have been way worse because it's UTSA. We would have been like, this is the worst showing I've ever seen in my life. So, anyways. Uh, beat Rice, beat Rice, and it's on the road, so it's a little tougher. Beat Rice on Saturday, and then we'll come back. We'll talk. We'll talk. I like right? it. Take care of business. Um. So yeah, we'll be back with a podcast this weekend. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed this one. Got it out. Um, to y'all, we're recording at eleven thirty p.m. because that's like Collins eleven thirty a.m. Basically, I worked at How- ten two to ten p.m. Okay. That's how he operates. He just Leave stays up till alone. 5 a.m. nowadays. Leave all right. Well, Colin, you can give Maya back her toys. Um, thank you all for watching and listening. You can follow us on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you're listening on the on the audio side. Subscribe to the channel. Send it to a friend. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us. Our Twitters are right here, Matthew Bruni underscore and CJH Mitchell. Let us mm. know what you think of the podcast, and we will talk to you all this weekend.